This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. The Dunedin Multicultural Council is a non-profit organisation that works to support the multi-ethnic communities in Dunedin. Since many of our members are migrants, we focus on providing opportunities to get to know people and develop new skills, networks and links with the wider community of Dunedin. Welcome to our listeners, this is Peter Kesher, you're listening to Otago Access Radio's Dunedin Multicultural Council live on air, and I'm very privileged to have in the studio with me Chris Edwards, and Chris is from the UK. Hello, um, so I'm Chris, I'm uh, from England, as you can probably tell by my accent, although when I was in England recently on holiday, somebody said that I sounded like a Kiwi, which <laughs> was a bit scary, um, <laughs> for me anyway, Um yeah, so I've lived here now 20 years, well, over 20 years, in fact. But where else in the UK are you actually from? Well, that's a very long story. My dad was in the army, so we didn't. I didn't actually go to live in the UK until I was, a, um, I don't know, about eight or nine. And um, my we lived in a place called Runcorn, which is just outside of Liverpool. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's a kind of a bit of a one-horse town, really. Um, and then I left there very early, left school very early, and went to live in London, and mm. then lived in Cambridge for a while, and Birmingham, and Wolverhampton, um, but mostly London, yeah. Right. And what made you decide to come to New Zealand 20 years ago? Um, well, I I didn't decide to come to New Zealand. Oh, I, yeah. I, I um. I was with my partner at the time. Um, we're both women. I'm a lesbian, and um, we were applying for my partner at the time to live in England and stay in England. And under the Tory government, um, you made an application as a gay couple, and they would turn you down. And then you would go to the European Parliament. Mm. Um, this all cost a lot of money, and um, and the European Parliament. Before they made a decision, individual case, on an individual cases, the Tory government would say, oh, look, you can stay because they never wanted the European Parliament to make a, to make a kind of overall judgment. So, yeah. so they would, once you'd gone through all of that, they would say as an, as an, the, they would kind of give in and say, okay, okay, you can stay, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, so then we were going through that whole process and then the Labour government had a sweeping, uh, you know, stormed England and won. Um, it was Tony Blair um, at the Labour Party at the time. And I remember mm. that night when when that happened and the Labour Party won, we were out in the pub celebrating, having a really good time, thinking finally, finally we'll be we'll be treated as equals as to, yeah. to straight people. And mm. um, since we've been together for more than two years, we'll be able to stay. But that's not what happened. Um, the Labour government came in and they said that if you were straight and you've been together for two years, then yes, you could stay as a de facto couple. But if you were gay, it had to be four years. Oh. And me and my ex-partner at the time had been together only three years and about eight months, I think. Um, so she was given 28 days notice to leave England. 
and I had to decide whether to come back to New Zealand where she was from yeah. um, or stay in England and give up my relationship and we'd, we were already trying for children at that point and I was um, fairly committed to, you know, very committed to the relationship and um, so I moved to Dunedin and it was the biggest culture shock <laughs> you could imagine, yeah, yeah. And um, so being in Dunedin, what I mean, you would have known nobody. You would have... no. I um um Jacinda, um my ex partner had had a family here, so um she had some really good connections, and fortunately, some members of her family allowed us to live in their house for free, so that we could save up to get a kind of down payment for our first mortgage, which yeah. was just so incredibly kind. And um, and and all of um, her family were really welcoming and really inclusive. But um, when I first got here, the shops on a Saturday shut at 12 o'clock or something. And I was, I mean, I was, you know, I come from London, you know. <laughs> here with nothing close. <laughs> and, and I come from a, you know, I come from a, a North London where a massive lesbian community, you know, my jogging yeah. club was a lesbian jogging club. I belonged to an outdoor pursuits club where there was nearly all women. Um, in my job, I was surrounded by other lesbians. Mm. Um, my whole world was kind of, you know, in this gay London, really. Yeah. And I came to very, very straight Dunedin. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I was... It was a massive culture shock. Massive culture shock. Yeah. And just from hearing what you just said, it, it, it would have felt like the walls had come in a bit too, being around... Yes, what yes, you, Yeah, yes. coming into this community. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, um, I remember uh, my um, um, partner's brother said to me, you know, give it two years before you make a decision about whether to stay or go. And that actually turned out to be incredibly good advice um and um advice i kept to no matter how bad it got over those two years mm. and within that two years then we had our our first child and you know then life took off and mm. um and i've been here happily ever since yeah mm. uh, i've interviewed quite a few people from on our radio program from uh, out of dunedin and i said how I met Chris, we used to run the caravan, um, on which is still running, at the Oval, just feeding the homeless and vulnerable people in Dunedin. And um, what was I going to say? I completely forgot what I was going to ask you now. Um, this, I, I, well, we met because I work at the night shelter. That That's was right. My, my ordinary job is working at the night shelter. And so when I heard about the caravan, um, Sunday mornings given away... Um, free tea and coffee and stuff and sandwiches. I immediately wanted to go down and say hello, and um, find out about it so that I could recommend it really. And um, that's where I met you and Linda. And um, um, yeah, and it was I was just bowled over really by what you were doing there and um, and the people you were serving, which was exactly the people that we work with yeah. at the night shelter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was an incredible, yeah, it was amazing. So, um, Chris just answered my question there about how we met. 
through the night shelter. So tell us about the night shelter, because you're there now. You're currently still working there, aren't you? I am indeed, yes. Um, so I'm a community worker, so um, I come in at 7.30 in the morning and my job is to talk with anyone who's stayed the night before, who's new in, mm. about what their needs are. And sometimes, um, obviously, quite often that's around housing, but it's also around medical care, mental health, um, winds, um, finding them a place to live, all sorts of things, really. So, um, and then on top of that, um, me and David, who's a manager, um, work at keeping really good connections with other groups and organisations within Dunedin um, and keeping housing and um, the difficulties around um, homelessness on the agenda, really. Mm. So what's like the criteria for someone to come into the night shelter? Um, any Anyone can come to the night shelter. Um, you need to be homeless. Um, yeah. But um, we get every type of walk of life, really, um, from people who have um, had, you know, quite good lives and lost their jobs and been reduced through debt or gambling or addiction or mental health um, to needing accommodation. Um, we get both men and women. Often people think that the night shelter is only for men, but in fact we take men and women. And we take people of all ages. So um, um, last night I um, was covering somebody's shift and so worked at the night shelter. We had a man in his 70s and a couple of young women in their very early 20s. Um, so we cover all ranges of age. Um, we try not to take people under the ages of 18. Occasionally, we get people under 18 um, come into the night shelter and we try very quickly to get them somewhere more appropriate to stay yeah. because, um, you know, you don't, you don't want young people around um, older people who you don't know their histories yeah, or yeah, their true. addictions or they're just too vulnerable you know yeah, so yeah. we try to get them more appropriate um housing uh, as absolutely as quickly as we can yeah you have to find the song first because um it's hallelujah by um oh there's only one man who can sing it scroll down scroll down ah there he is that's him there low low leonard cohen yeah why is this your favourite song? What is? I I just I it's one of the most beautiful songs in the world. I think. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
what's really going on below. But now, now you never even show it to me, do you? I remember when I moved in you and the holy dove she was moving to, and every single breath that we drew was wasn't much I couldn't feel so I learned to touch I've told the truth I didn't come here to London just to fool you and even though it all went wrong I'll stand right here before the Lord of song with nothing nothing on my tongue but Yes, so um, we're talking. We've been talking and going to meetings, uh, community meetings with Chris, and just meeting up with other networks and other um, charitable organisations who are helping the homeless and vulnerable peoples in Dunedin. And um, one of the latest latest projects that Chris was talking to us about was a, a market day in South Dunedin. Can you tell us about your ideas on this market? Yeah, so so, so the, the the market day has actually got nothing to do with my job at the night shelter. Yeah. It's completely outside of it, um, and so I spend my time working on that when I'm not at work. Um, and um, so the idea behind the market is it's, it's in South Dunedin at the Gasworks. It's going to be once a month, and the first market will be um, in springtime. Um, and um, my idea is that we will have um, a part of the market will cover things like people who want to sell bric-a-brac stuff and craft stuff. Part of the market will be for local charities and organisations to be able to, to sell things. So organisations, I'm hoping like um, super grands and pregnancy help, so on and so forth to be able to sell things and make a little bit of money and advertise what they do. Yeah. And But also, the bit that I'm really excited about is um, having people who um, are passionate about growing things um, and vegetables and plants and 
um, to come along and share what they grow, how they grow it, and um, either swap or sell stuff that they're growing. So my want is for this market to be for ordinary people not not for businesses so it's not yeah. going to be another farmer's market yeah um they do that very very well we don't need to reproduce that this mm. is for people who have you know they're really really good at, at, at growing potatoes or carrots or whatever vegetables they've got too many so they're going to either bring it along and sell what they've got or swap it with somebody else who's also got too much or something yeah so um, we think it's a great idea, and um, if you um, are interested in this, you can contact um, the DMCC, which we have our webpage, or just go through Otago Access Radio, and um, and um, say you heard about the the market, which is about to start in September this year, with um, uh, Chris, who's on our program right now. So yeah, just you could um, email Otago Access Radio. And they can contact us with um, uh, further information if you're interested in being part of, and part of this market. Um, and we'd love to hear from people who, um, you know, just just ordinary folks who've got either craft stuff to sell or um, bric-a-brac stuff to sell or um, vegetables or plants um, or. People who want to do busking, we'd like yep. to have some buskers there. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd also quite like to hear from schools or community groups that would like to do sausages. Yeah. Um, the idea is that this market is about it's for local people of Dunedin yeah. um, to come together and share and celebrate. Uh, uh, when you were talking about the... Um um, the gardens. I mean, um, Linda and I, and I are both aware of um, different community gardens that are around Dunedin already. Like there's one here in Brockville. There's a Brockville garden, and the Dunedin Multicultural Council have a um, a garden which is out, which is actually in South Dunedin. Hmm. And um, it would be wonderful to hear from those groups. That's and, right. That's what I'm thinking. Um, absolutely wonderful to hear from those groups and. Particularly if they want to become involved and um, help yeah. me organise it as well, that would be—I'd be so grateful for that. Yeah. Um, because I'm, um, you know, I'm English. I was brought up in a housing estate. I know mm. nothing about growing things. Um, right. I just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I just know that it's—it's it's the for our future. It's the way forward. Yeah. Um, and so I would like to learn as long alongside a lot of other people. I think so. Um, and I'm also really aware that nowadays a lot of people live in actually very small accommodation. Yeah. And so how can you grow things in a in a small way but can still help out, you know? Yeah, like yeah. um, you know Herb gardens. Yeah. Things like that. You know, yeah. potatoes in buckets, you know, like mm. um stuff like that really. Yeah, yeah. So um for me this is about encouraging and learning and and uffing one another to yeah. be able to, to you know, increase our skill level and True. and and have a go. Mm. Yeah. Well, I was thinking just as you were talking, even people going there and meeting other people who are growing things in, a, in in small plots or in buckets or whatever, they'd learn by talking with them exactly. and and just sharing um, knowledge 
and information. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you see for the future of yourself here in Dunedin? Um, well, I mean, I love Dunedin. I really, yeah. it's one of my, I mean, I don't actually know many of the cities in New Zealand, sadly, but um, I do love Dunedin and um, it's where my heart is and where my children have grown up and... Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, um, it's where I want to put my heart and soul, really. Um, I love mm. this community. I mm. think, um, you know, just from the night shelter and the amount of things that we are given and how we are supported by the Dunedin community is just incredible. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I love Dunedin. Yeah, wouldn't want to live anywhere else. <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. I've really enjoyed having you in the studio today. Thank you. And um, thank you for, for those who have been listening... Um, uh, and want to be involved in the, this community market um, like I said earlier on just contact Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM you can go on to their website and um, pass information on to me Peter Kesher who does the Dunedin Multicultural Council on air every Tuesday at 6 so um, yeah get involved with the um, local and community events South Dunedin Market starting soon in the springtime to look out for that thank you Chris I appreciate you being here with us thank you you're welcome this program was produced by Peter Kesha Music for Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM this podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On Air this podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On Air this podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On Air